Support for this podcast is provided by Paradox, the conversational AI company helping global talent acquisition teams at Unilever, McDonald's and CVS Health get recruiting work done faster. Let's face it, talent acquisition is full of boring administrative tasks that drag the hiring process down and create frustrating experiences for everyone. Paradox's AI assistant, Olivia, is shaking up that paradigm, automating things like applicant screening, interview scheduling, and candidate Q&A, so recruiters can spend more time with people, not software. Curious how Olivia can work for your team? Then visit paradox.ai to learn more. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 435 of the Recruiting Future podcast, which is also part two of my mini-series on personalisation. So, to recap... I feel very strongly that personalization is the new mega trend in talent acquisition. Offering personalized recruitment marketing, candidate journeys, assessments, feedback, onboarding, and communication will be critical objectives for employers over the next few years. Candidates are demanding it, the technology is here to facilitate it, and the amount of friction that will get removed from the recruiting process will be a win for candidates, recruiters and hiring managers. So what's possible and how are employers dealing with the practicalities of personalisation in talent acquisition? A few weeks ago, the awesome team at Paradox invited me to speak and record some interviews at their client board event in Scottsdale, Arizona. Paradox is a technology that is really driving the progress of personalisation It was very insightful to talk to some of their clients about the need for personalisation in their TA processes and the change journeys they're taking their recruiters and hiring managers on to make personalisation happen. In this second set of interviews from the event, check out episode 434 if you want to hear the others. You'll hear from Derek Braun, staffing and recruiting manager at Go Wireless, and Stephanie Chaviano, VP of Talent and Patient Access at Autism Learning Partners. Derek and Stephanie talk us through their experiences of using conversational AI to transform the effectiveness of their recruiting strategies. First up, though, is Adam Godson, Chief Product Officer at Paradox, talking about some of the psychology behind conversational interfaces. Hi, Adam. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Great to be with you. Yeah, well, it's brilliant to be talking with you, and it's great to it's great to be at the event in this fantastic location. For people listening, can you just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do? Yeah, I'm. My name's Adam Godson. I'm Chief Product Officer at Paradox. Uh, Paradox uh, makes conversational AI for talent acquisition, and my role is to uh, come up with our what our assistant should do, and then to make that happen. Give us a bit of history. How long have you been doing that? What's your kind of background? How did you get to be the chief product officer? I'm a recruiting industry guy. So I started my career as a recruiter doing volume recruitment and had a few stops doing that. Uh, then spent uh, almost 10 years in uh, uh, RPO with uh, with 
Cielo, a global leader in, in RPO in the technology space. Uh, so I helped build that that function there and then uh, got to see all the technology and put together all the, the tech stacks in, on, on Earth uh, and then was able to um, join the team at Paradox uh, in, in their ascendance uh, and, and really start to drive uh, a, a new uh, new version of technology that we thought could change the talent acquisition industry. So the thing that we've I've been talking to everyone about and it's kind of come through as a very clear theme and it came came through in the, the presentation that you gave yesterday is is personalization in talent acquisition. I think it's been something that has been a bit of a holy grail for a, for a long time in terms of how do we give a personalized experience to applicants and in, indeed to recruiters. Tell us a little bit about your view on personalization in TA. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think some of it comes down to breaking down what talent acquisition is really about and then the transformative technology that we're applying in conversational AI. Uh, so as we think about talent acquisition, it really comes down to really a few things. It's about conversations. It's about some degree of matching and decision making. Do these things fit each other uh, in some decisions? And there's a boatload of boring stuff, we call it, the BS, the administrative work that, that happens. Uh, but so much is driven in conversations. So conversation between manager and recruiter, between candidate and recruiter, uh, bet- between uh, a candidate and hiring manager all about different types of, of conversations and this the the scale problem in our industry has always been about uh, those conversations needing to be person to person and conversely uh, if you were to take the idea of a boring chatbot something very basic uh, the lack of personalization that is involved with sort of the tennis that goes back with the basicness of, of that that exchange and so the third way of that is combining those two things. How do we get the personalization that you get in a human conversation with the automation that you'd get uh, through conversational AI and then being able to do personalized conversation at, at scale? I suppose for people who've not seen that in action, just, just give us a, a quick example so people can sort of visualize what it might. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really comes down to data and what, what we know about a person and to be able to personalize that, that, that conversation. So, for example, uh, being able to have someone uh, uh, upload a CV and take a look at, at, the, at, a, at a resume or a CV, and then being able to ask a question about that CV or, uh, or something that could be related to something that's on that CV that someone hasn't told uh, that, uh, someone in that conversation. So, much like uh, uh, people are able to infer things uh, based on a conversation, we do that naturally, being able to have data that helps to infer, infer something, so, to ask a question, to, to see that someone has been uh, served in the armed forces, and then be able to deliver them a question or some content about uh, programs that, uh, at the company that uh, lend, lend themselves to, to veterans, that, that type of thing, to be able to personalize based on what we can know or infer about someone. And I suppose that the interesting fact about that is that um, obviously there's a big logistics part of that in terms of making the process quicker and simpler and whatever. But I'm guessing from a candidate perspective, there's a, there's a bit of a fundamental human thing about actually being heard and uh, being heard and understood in a way that a company probably couldn't do with humans, uh, human recruiters at scale. Absolutely. Um there's a psychological element about conversations as well we see that in lots of our data Um, we want people to know they're having a conversation that is automated but feel like the conversation is real uh, subconsciously Uh, and we see that when people say thank you uh, to uh, Olivia or our assistants and they did two and a half million times last year for for, for example Uh, and then and as they carry on and asking additional questions and different additional conversation 
And so that feel is really, really important. And the psychological elements of how we build a conversation and do good conversation design, or make that come to life and are able to execute that sort of you know, third way, third way of having an, an automated but effective conversation. One of the interesting things for me is where you're taking conversational AI and, and personalization kind of to the next, I suppose, to deeper into the talent acquisition process. So um, yesterday you were talking about career sites and how how it can drive personalization um, in career sites which is a which has been a topic that's been close to my heart for many many years because I've, I've always been passionate about how bad career sites are <laughs> and how they need to improve um, tell us a little bit about the the career site angle on this yeah I, th- I think uh, our perspective is that career sites have gotten a bit upside down where where um, in an old model of the web, um, you would have people search for information. So search was the was the paradigm. In the, the new model, matches the paradigm uh, and be able to push the right content. And as I think about career sites, we've sort of asked people to do some mental gymnastics that they're not prepared for. A visitor goes to a career site and they're asked to search for a job, and that job's entirely in the language of the company. Like I, I don't know that I want to be a systems analyst three in your language. That that doesn't make any sense to me. And so what we do is take that on that flip that on its head and say, why don't you tell us about the thing you know best, which is you? Uh, we'll ask you questions about your desires, what you want to do, what your experience is, and we'll match that to our language and say this is what the jobs that sound like they're a good fit for you. Do you agree? Uh, and then be able to push them content and other jobs that are relevant to that based on what we know about you. So again, just flipping that paradigm from expecting that candidate to know the language and to search into let's match and suggest to that candidate based on what we know. One of the other things that's come up and it came up in the conversation that, that, that kind of I was leading in the session that I had with, um, with Madeline this morning is about how this affects recruiters and how companies are managing the change in terms of this new way of working and what the impact is for recruiters if parts of what they might see as traditionally their job are being taken over by conversational AI. I mean, what, what are you seeing from your, your clients there? What, what are their kind of challenges? How are they sort of getting through that? Yeah, I, I think we see some mixed reaction to, to, to some of that. Um, we see, and this was discussed some in the room this morning too, where some people have become really comfortable with doing the administrative work and they've gotten to those rhythms and they feel that that is the, the work and what that work is going to be. Others have fully embraced that, that the offloading of that work. Uh, and, and, and so I think in many ways it depends a bit on the individual and, and what value they get out of being in the talent acquisition space. So I, I think folks that... Um, have really gotten into the process and um, some of the administrative parts of it will likely need to level up their game to to become more uh, process uh, 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 change experts and uh, folks that help design processes rather than execute them and people that have joined because they love uh, conversations and connecting with people will be really empowered by the freeing of administrative work to focus not 20% of the time on uh, conversations and 80% on boring stuff, but the, you know, the opposite, to be able to really connect with people. As you've been developing and launching these products and, and seeing how your clients have been sort of using them in, in the field, as it were, what's the one thing that surprised you the most? Yeah, great, great question. There's lots of things that surprise me every, every day. And, and I think one thing that I like about Paradox is being quite data-driven as well. And there are things that surprise us regularly where, where we think, wow, that, that's not what we maybe expected to see there. Um, and this may sound a bit obvious, but, but I think the, the um, real power 
and the psychological power of conversations was even greater than I expected. I, th- I think I thought it would be a, a an improvement over uh, processes, but the, the way that it tends to grab people, and there are reasons for that, people that are engaged with a conversation uh, feel rude to leave it, for example, if they are chatting with Olivia uh, and... Then if they, they Olivia, it feels like they're chatting with a friend. They feel oh, they feel rude if they just start to ghost that person. And so we see things like uh, there was a client of ours that had the same process in a traditional ATS, exact same field, exact same uh, thing. Also did it in conversational AI, and conversationally got seven hundred percent better throughput on in a conversation versus a form. And so did I think it was going to be better? Yes, seven hundred percent better. Maybe not. Um, so, so things like that. I think the the, the, the psychological power of uh, conversations and and what what that has meant from a throughput perspective has been uh, surprising. Even uh, surprises us even every day. So, final question for you. And I always ask people this question, but actually, in some ways, you know, you're you're developing the future. So, what what does the future what does the future look like? Where is all of this going? Where, where do you hope Where do you hope it's going? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's rooted in our in our, in our values, and it's 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 make sure that people can connect with people, not software. And and I expect recruiting processes to be faster. I expect them to be more personalized, and I expect them to be more effective. I think if there's anything that the pandemic has brought uh, brought out in our industry is a greater focus on talent acquisition, and in many ways, companies that were mailing it in of below average at this have really felt pain and and been forced into transformational change uh and they've 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 had to 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 have that moment where they can't run their businesses without people and and so i I expect continued investment in this industry and i think um we're in for a real sea of of change in ways that make it all better uh i think if if you'd have asked people the rate at which you can change uh, before the pandemic they said things take a long time but when the when when the business imperative is there, people can change really quickly. And now that that business imperative is there, I think we're going to see uh, a lot of change in a relatively short period of time. And I think that'll be changed for the better. Adam, thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be with you. So hi, Derek, and welcome to the podcast. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do? So my name is Derek Braun. I run staffing and recruiting for a company called Victra, previously Go Wireless. Uh, we are a, a Verizon Wireless uh, premium retailer. So I run that, uh, that department, which is uh, 90 or well, 80% of my, uh, my hiring uh, is through retail. So it's a company that has high turnover. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, an ability, uh, my, my, my key problems with, uh, with my job are uh, one applicant flow. How do I get as many applicants as I can um, to, to be interested in working for us? As well as uh, the problem with having high applicant flow is how do you handle them? So if you've got 500 to 1,000 applicants on a daily basis, how do, you, how do you touch each one of those? How do you interact with one of those rather than wait seven days, 10 days, and uh, lose half of the great ones, or all the great ones are gone. And now you're dealing with the bottom of the barrel, and you're still trying to make them look good and trying to 
show your hiring managers that you know this is what you get to pick from now because you took a while to connect and that's really interesting i suppose in terms of one of the things that that we've been talking about over the last few days is engagement and personalization and using technology to be able to communicate to those applicants and do some of those do some of those things that recruiters would have traditionally traditionally done sure where are you on that process how important is that to to what you're trying to achieve so being able to connect with somebody uh in today's day and age is uh, it, it's consistently getting more difficult. If you're not using their avenue, uh, their way of communication, you might as well not try to reach out. Don't worry about even, don't grab them from whatever this world of uh, people that are looking for jobs realms are because uh, if you try to try to, um, if you try to connect via a phone call, um, uh, one out of a thousand are actually going to answer an unknown number or answer any number. They just don't answer phone calls. I look at my son, who's uh, 18. I got another one that's 21. Now, we, both of them have are gainfully employed, but at one point they weren't. And I, uh, I chatted, the, chatting with them about trying to find a job, and here's how you interact, and here's uh, you know, what you need to be looking at. And they're like, you know, Dad, I don't check my email. The only reason I have an email is when I sign up for a new application, they send me an email saying that you're a part of it. Uh, outside of that, they could care less. Everything that they have comes via what avenue? Text message. Absolutely. Uh, they do have some other little platforms, the Snapchats, the things like that, that they use just more for fun. But when it's anything important, what do they do? They text their friends. They text me. Uh, you know, I, I do have meaningful conversations with my kids because I force them to. But uh, most of the time, when they want to talk to me, it's a text so what am I getting good at? And I'm, you know, I'm 47 years old and I'm great at texting. I've obviously been through the initiation, but needless to say, with, uh, with Paradox Olivia and their avenue to understand that, their, their ability to understand uh, that, that simple hiring need or that simple hiring uh, avenue of connecting with somebody is via text. It's, uh, to me, initially, it was uh, intrusive to the hiring force today. Uh, it's their avenue. It's what they feel most comfortable with. So how do you, you know, you can't connect somebody with an initial, hey, I want to do a video interview. Sure, that's to come. But being able to get somebody out of the blue that just applied to your job and being able to have them connect back with you, having an avenue to be able to say, you know, here's the cool things about my company. Here's why we might be interested in you. And here's why you might be interested in working for us. Because in today's hiring day and age, uh, anybody can get a job anywhere, you know. If you're if you're even slowly considering a job and you're a passive looker, if I'm a company that's looking for passive lookers, which are probably the most important, they would be the best people I can find. Olivia gives me that avenue to reach out, connect with them on a on a personal level, and and I don't lose anybody. So it becomes simple. I think one of the things, and we were talking about this in the in the session that, that that we've just been in, is there's a lot of change to the way that recruiting's always always been done. That's that's going on here to to kind of meet 
the the new expectations of the audience, but also the recruiting challenges that, that every organisation has. What would your advice be to people who are trying to sort of drive that t- type of change through their organisation? It is tough to to find change and and to be in my position as a as a as a manager over over uh, staffing, recruiting, talent acquisition, trying to get my people in the field, my hiring managers in the field to. Uh, to pick up a new way to understand a new avenue uh, or we're implementing a new process or a new application, trying to get them to actually grab hold of that, to love it, to start using it, to use it to its full potential uh, is almost a task that is impossible to, to, to do. Uh, I was... Uh, I was nervous. I needed a new way to find people. I needed a new way to interact with people. Uh, and I researched it. I did. I figured out my, uh, you know, uh, how do these people in today's day and age that are looking for a job, what's their best way to interact? And I knew it was uh, via text message. So what was the best platform to do it? I, uh, you know, I, I looked for a few different ones and I fell on Paradox Olivia. Uh, and this was Oh gosh, four four and a half years ago, we were what you would call an early adopter of this new idea of recruiting, new idea of how to connect with somebody on that level, on their level. Um, but like I said, the difficult part was, yeah, I can implement a new idea, but having my people in the field grab a hold of it and actually use this product, it has to be... It, it had to be user friendly. Had to be easily trained. Had to be something that, uh, oddly enough, that they were used to using. And what are they used to using? Text. Yeah. You know, that's how my hiring manager in the field. When he, when somebody's late for work or they didn't show up, how do they contact them? They use it via text. Uh, you know, if they need, uh, they need uh, ten new iPhones shipped to their store. Well, our avenue in the office is they send a text to the uh, to the inventory department. Ship me out five new iPhones or whatever. And that's just what they were used to. So their ability to grab hold of, uh, of this, new, uh, this new process, this new, this new uh, platform, was surprisingly easy. And my, my idea of user-friendliness or, or their ability to grab a hold of something new, uh, I figured after a year I'd still probably only have 50% of them that were using it to any sort of potential. Uh, was not the case. One one training for a half hour, I could train a group, I could train one at a time, whatever. And within a month, they were all using it to, to the same ability that I was, and I'd been using it for six months. So it's very easy to grab hold of. As a final question, asking you to get your crystal ball out a little bit. What do you think's next for recruiting? Where where are we going? What would we sort of be talking about if we were having this conversation in, in a couple of years' time? I feel like uh, at some point uh, it's the avenue of conversation may not be it may not be necessarily via text message. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be an AI uh, three-dimensional character that pops up out of your watch. But the surprising thing is, it could still be Olivia because she interacts on this level of uh, of uh, you know uh, understanding or of making people feel comfortable. So instead of a text message, it'll be a pop-up on your watch that says, "Hey, you know, this is Olivia with Go Wireless." Uh, you mind if we chat for a little bit? And if now's not a good time, you know, press number one on your watch, and when you're ready, it'll take us five minutes. I just want to talk to you. And so it'll be a virtual person that you're talking to, and they're your, your recruiting assistant for your company. Derek, thank you very much for talking to me. You're welcome, Matt. 
So hi, Stephanie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. Good to be here. An absolute pleasure to be talking to you. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Absolutely. My name is Stephanie Chaviano. I work for Autism Learning Partners and I am the Vice President of Talent and Patient Access. Tell us a little bit more about Autism Learning Partners and and the kind of organization that it is. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, Autism Learning Partners, which I will refer to now as ALP because that can be a mouthful. Um, Originally was based in California. We are now in 18 states though, have over 70 regions. um, And we provide behavior therapy to kiddos that are on the spectrum. We do um, one-to-one in-home services. And tell us about the kind of recruiting challenges that you have. Yeah, so um, our recruiting challenges are actually pretty unique. We do hire at volume. So um, we look to bring in a very high number of new hires on a monthly basis. However, uh, we these are individuals that oftentimes need to have some sort of bachelor's degree or specific experience um, and meet a lot of criteria. So while our challenges were volume, it also was quality. So it was a, a mixture of both. <laughs> and d- tell us about how how is technology helping you or how do you think technology can help you in terms of automation and personalization and, and all the great things that we've been talking about for the last couple of days? So for us, what we realized was we did need, we were not able to really eliminate the phone screen completely from um, recruiter to interview. It was something that, that we needed to, to leave in place. But there were questions that were being asked during the phone screen that 100% could be handled by technology. Um, so that was one aspect. The other was just getting interviews scheduled, getting candidates scheduled for phone screens. All of that um, was being done manually previously by working candidates through workflows. Um, and when you've got volume and you've got recruiters moving people through workflows, that can, there were bottlenecks quite a bit. Um, and then lastly, for us, our biggest pain point was forms, paper chasing, getting candidates to fill things out filling it out again because they filled it out incorrectly. So for us, technology is a way to have recruiters really focus on, I mean, why they became recruiters in the first place, Um, having more conversations with people, meaningful work, um, and letting the technology do all of the rest of the stuff, all the admin. You've just implemented Paradox, or you're you're kind of in the process of implementing it. Obviously, Using conversational AI is is a big change for for lots of organisations, and it's a big change for recruiters, which is something that we've sort of been zeroing in and in in on in these conversations. Tell us about that change process and how it's going. Oh man, Matt, <laughs> we we went live last week, um, and we are really still in the thick of it. We're we're still in um, pivot mode, so I think for us it is you know. On a daily basis, there are things we're having to tweak a bit. And our recruiters are really nervous about some of these changes, especially, um, you know, we did everything we could to prime them as much as possible, talk through what it was going to look like, show them the system, all the things, had them involved. But once you're actually in it and you have to trust that the technology is going to work and you also realize that you're not responsible for doing those things, there is this kind of existential moment that happened for some of them to... um, Really take a step back and think, you know, is is this still what I want to be doing? Is this the right um, career choice for me? Because I do think, uh, transparently, there's some folks that felt okay with some of the paper pushing and the administrative work. So um, it's an opportunity for them to, to really take a, a deeper dive there. But we... 
ultimately, um, what it will do for us is just give recruiters that, give them opportunity to connect with people, um, what I like to call increasing stickiness. So making sure that our candidates make it all the way through the funnel um, and start. They make it to their first date once they, they sign that offer letter. As a final question to you, obviously lots of change, you're implementing a whole new way of working, so this might seem like a bit of a bit of a strange question, but um, wh- what does the future look like? What do you think the, the future of re- recruiting looks like in the, in the kind of the medium to long term? Yeah, I mean, um, medium term, I would say much more adoption of technology. Um, it's actually been really great to be in this community of people here at the, at the uh, Paradox Board talking about um, how technology can be a great solution, but I still think that there's a lot of hesitation widely about AI. So I think a much wider adoption to it. Long term, oh my goodness, I'm not sure. Is it going to be all AI start to finish? It might be. We'll see. Um, But I think at the very least, just a wider adoption of tools to um, help the process be much more efficient and provide a much better candidate experience. Stephanie, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you. My thanks to Adam, Derek, Stephanie, and all of the team at Paradox for inviting me to their awesome event. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.